mighty senses tingling. Hello. Hello. Hello, Slim Bo Slice. Welcome to the land of fake ponies here in Perry New Peggy's. Jersey. Like the great Chilean miners returned from a long 90 days underground. Too soon, bruh? Is that too, too late. soon? Too late, probably. Paper wow. Keg Podcast, where we discuss comic book news. So I lean in for dramatic effect. Uh, it's true. Video Keg Podcast. You know, we we talk about the comics that we're reading, new and old. All four of us. There are four of us this here. episode. Yeah. Mark is real. Mark, hey, yo. Uh, Mark, uh, Mark, you're known across the internet as... Absolutely. ...the DC historian. It's better than the Phantom that I've been called lately. First time Whoa. all four of us have been together since episode two. It's a long time, guys. Allegedly. God, it feels Allegedly. good. Allegedly. Um, we also will get into a book of the week, like a book club. You what? know, book clubs are in now. What was that book this week? Green Lantern, Secret Origin. All right, shut it down. So, cancel the show. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I read it, everybody. Don't panic. Uh, and then we read your letters <laughs> to end the show. Paperkeg.com, you know, we have a website, too. Got some great writing there. Fantastic writing. It's a great site. And for everybody me. contributes. Absolutely. Yeah. Everybody. Each everybody. And every one of us. Um, um, I think Matt's. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Matt. Who is that? Slim has posted about 40 articles. Uh, Jam Stump right behind him with 36. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have myself with about 28. Dale's got about 20. Mark's got one. Two. Oh, sorry, two. So Mark is here. He's the DC historian. We're going to get into some action comics talk. You know, it, it rocked him to the core. God, today. it's been a long, long month we, so far. We carpooled here, and Mark looked like a wounded kitten. Can only uh, imagine. Jonesy is here. He is uh, He's a writer. You know, he's in the midst of putting together just a fantastic comic book with, with the... Brad Heitmeyer, who does the covers yeah. for every episode. We're going to meet for the first time in person uh, this wow. coming weekend oh, at uh, Wizard World Philly. Mega, that's great. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, uh, definitely, I'm definitely going to post some pics up on the paper keg. That's a lot of peas. Post yeah. some pics <laughs> on the paper keg. Uh, and on. last but not least, internet celebrity phenom podcast bad boy. Wow. No, I mean. Dale <laughs> underscore A is here. Dale, thanks for having us. I'm glad you guys could uh, make it down here. Absolutely. Hope you, hope you didn't have any deer on the way down. One yeah. last thing, uh, special thanks to the newest internet darling for the cover this week, The Raza, oh, yeah. has uh, been kind enough to draw this week's cover of The Green Lantern. I ain't peeped it yet. Let's oh, see. you check it out on the dot-com, Mark. On it, my way. It's on the internet. Mm. So I'm thinking about getting Raza to sign a poster of his uh, Muppet X-Men this weekend. That guy is killing it, so man. So am I, actually. Yeah. He's actually too big to come on the show, he told us now. What? I remember when we knew each other on the internet before it became I, popular. I remember when he called in, and me and him were like buddies, and now yeah, he that's can't no even. more. Guys, no. we're going to see him at Wizard World? No. Philly. I wish we him can. happy birthday the other no. day. He, he's really? not going to forget. Yeah. He, he'll uh, never forget. Newsflash, I don't think he's going to Wizard World Philly. What? That's the latest he's idea. on the lineup. 
That doesn't mean anything. Guy's got a day job, unfortunately. I mean, hopefully. His day job is to respond to my tweets and sign my posters. That is his Action Comics number one. As long as you sign his paychecks. (laughs) Mark, uh, I'm not sure if you're aware. The news dropped. The other shoe hit the floor. What's that? Grant Morrison and Rags Morales doing Action Comics number one. Did you see that cover? I saw the cover. I saw the cover. It could be cool. Grant is a phenomenal writer. Mm-hmm. Rags is a terrific artist. It's got high hopes. Now, I, I broke the news to Mark on the way up here. Mm. Now, the, the rumor is that uh, this is going to be the retelling of Superman's origin, you know, in the 1930s, you know? Yeah. Uh, and it, the, the rumor is Superman will have been the first superhero, and the world is afraid of this man. There are Mark. so many reasons why we can't do that. Let's shut the show down. It's not even funny. No, it's I mean infuriating. Was, is that just hearsay? That this is what I'm hearing. I mean, so the the I Superman title will be present day Superman, you know, 2011. But this is going to be telling the story of how Superman, you know, first started using his powers. You know, he doesn't age. That's why he's going to look the same. Mm. And the universe uh, was inspired by this Superman to become superheroes. Question: mm. if, I believe uh, that. What? Sorry. Who? Huh? I believe it. <laughs> no, if we uh, no no, let's let's edit that out. Uh, if everybody's inspired by Superman, why does everybody fear him? Great question. So Bob, cue it, cue it up. <laughs> that is a uh, great question. Well, you know, if you live in a world without superheroes, wouldn't a Superman scare the pants off you? Yeah, but we we will live in a world with superheroes, correct? No, when this when the storyline takes place and. Uh, the the rumor is the 30s, you know. The 30s, a Superman comes out, he can, you know, raise trucks over his head. I say I'm going to be scared. I'm going to be pretty scared. I say that's one to three issues, tops, and then it speeds up to present day. Now, why are we making this change? Superman is not the first superhero they ever come along. Superman oh, is so no. super that he inspired JSA, the Crimson Avenger. Mark, I mean, the list goes on. I'm going to tell you right now. Go ahead. I got some bad news. Nobody gives two S's about the JSA. I. I beg to Welcome differ. to the no, internet. No, 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 no. The JSA is where it's at. I'm sorry. Mackle Henley also cares about the JSA. <laughs> did anybody not see Geoff's episode of Smallville? No. I, Jonesy? I, I did. <laughs> all right. Did you like it? I, I did. Yeah. All right, all right so, then. Are you, you mean to tell me people, non-readers, are going to care two hoots about the JSA and that's going to get them to read comic books? Wrong. So I'm supposed to edit everything that's not cool instead of being forced to understand why it's cool? Yeah, Slim. One, one, I'll, sit, I'll sit back. Whoa. You guys just take it. To that point, why would anybody care about the JLA or the X Men if they don't if they don't know comics? Underscored. Because the JSA are full of old fogies that tell stories about stuff that happened in the thirties. You know? <laughs> they aren't. Who's in the JSA? Doctor Fate. You know, he's got yeah. a cool mask. What, what else? Is, what is he? Doctor Strange. He's How got mis- make, powers of the Mystic. Let's make him more relevant. Let's all have him walk around with skull caps on there. On the damn heads. Who else is in the and JSA? Green Lantern. Green Lantern. The original. Old, old man Green Lantern. The original Flash. Catman. Mr. Terrific. <laughs> you can stop after Catman. Mr. Terrific. Mr. Terrific has his own issues. As I raise my fist triumphantly like a black man should. It's probably going to get canceled after three issues. I give it six. <laughs> anyway. So who it's else? not how... Oh, who else? Yeah, who else? Okay. Wow. I know this, too. This is terrible. Sorry, is Jeff. Star Spangled Kid. Hawkman? Hawkman, Hawk Girl, thank you. 
No problem. We said Wildcat. <laughs> trying to help the cause. Oh, you're doing a good job. So, so Too you're many... not you're not happy with this action comics? Not at all. No. You don't just not whitewash even with history. Grant. Not even with Grant. You don't whitewash history. Let's be honest. They've got lawsuits to worry about. <laughs> I'm going to go out on the record here and say it right here, right now. That is going to be the that is the most powerful lineup DC has announced out of their new books, out of this remixed version. Don't call it a reboot. It's a remixed version of the DCU. Oof. You heard it here first. Yeah, I said yeah. it. It'll take over the internet. <laughs> I, you know, I, uh, officially, I, I'm going to hand down the soapbox music to you, wow. Mark, from his faltering Thank hand. Thank yeah. you. Much, much like the Chilean miners, I agree with Mark Farrington <laughs> over here. Um, I think, I think they're they're gonna they're gonna buzz Superman's origin. They're gonna reboot number number one's gonna be a nice they're gonna retelling. Remix. Excuse me, they're gonna remix. They're gonna remix it. Thank you. The first to first, maybe second and third issues. Back up to present day with the rest of the JLA. There's no way they have a Superman in a JLA title and then have his action comics. I guess they would have the Superman title. Never yeah. Mind. Well, down. I read uh, earlier from the Jim Lee. He said that JLA, JL, sorry, it's just Justice League. Uh, the first arc is them meeting for the first time in the past. And then the second arc goes back to present up. day. Yeah, okay. Which I get from a story standpoint why they got to do that. We don't want to be treated with a year or two years of origin telling and going through the first steps all over again. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But but wouldn't it be cool if we could? It would be cool, Gen Z. Like, what if Writer. they what if they said? Excuse me. What if they said? You know what? For two years, hands off any team books. Let these characters grow in their own respect and powers and following, and then. Like, you know, a sweet payoff, we get the Justice League two years in. You know what, though? Here's the here's what you – here the ultimate comics line stems from that because then you can get, uh, like, Spider-Man's origin story separated from – they're not going to stop the, the regular JL book, the Justice League book, just to do that for two years. But if they did that, Ultimates did up, whatever, Earth-1 did up. That'd be that'd be that'd be cool. That would be cool, but they're not gonna. Well, Mark uh, Mark laid out his ultimate relaunch plan earlier, which I think he said he's gonna write for the website, um, and he wanted to break it down to like ten, ten to twelve titles. Did he use a dragon naturally oh, speaking? Yeah, just culminating in Justice League. Culminating yeah, yeah. in Justice League. I'd say that's a great idea. I had this conversation with Michael Henley, and he convinced me thoroughly the way to rebuild the universe is with a slow burn, make it grow organically. You introduce the heroes first for a year, and at the end of that year, the payoff would be forming their team book. Stunningly enough, you had no Flash at launch. Nope. Not initially. I soiled my Flash underoos. Goodness gracious. Yeah, well, Jeff Johns has been killing Barry's title. And not killing like the cool <laughs> black people, K-I-L-T-I-N-G, killing it. Whoa, I've never even never heard of killing it. That's, that's Did you new. just spell kilting? He he what did. That? That's that's, that's so that's hip. Not phonetically, but that's not I how we even, say it. You know, that's so hip that us white folks have, haven't even heard that yet. Where'd you get that in Detroit? I mean, <laughs> nobody's ever heard of that. The Detroit Marriott webinar that he was <laughs> <Yeah>. at. <laughs> I am responsible for teaching your sons how to be down. Let's just face it. Is that what the new payroll system's called? <laughs> so, uh, Superman, uh, Man of Tomorrow, will be written by George Perez. With art by uh, an artist I can't remember. Perez is going to be doing breakdowns, and this artist will be finishing them for him. Hate that. Uh, but those are the those are the last ones that 
you know, really got me excited. There were some other ones like Frankenstein by Jeff Lemire got announced. A lot of a lot of comic fans were all jacked up about that. Stormwatch by Paul Cornell. That's probably with the Martian Manhunter in it. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a sleeper hit. Mark Grifter. my words. Grifter, Grifter. by uh, who was Jake Ellis writer. Yep. Um, any other notables that you can think of, Mark? DC uh, historian. Hey, did I did I miss a, Jeff a part Lemire? Of this? Are they going to bring in? Wildstorm into the main in. DC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Wildstorm universe is incorporated. Of Bold course, we got in. Swamp Thing. So, I, I, would they bring Majestic into this? Majestic, Mister Majestic. That's Why couldn't they? When you think the, about who it, who is Wildstorm's version of Superman? Yeah, I mean, when you think about yeah. it, he could. Did Ed McInnes draw that, or did he just do covers? Anybody else remember that? No, he did a while ago. Hmm. I'm mean, trying to think of what, the, what was on my list. I don't. Uh, I, there wasn't. There was like eight or nine books that I think I'm going to get. Um, and well, the Animal Man, is Animal Jeff Man, Lemire. yeah, I'm getting that. That's going to be cool, I think. Well, after I sift through 164 dollars and 84 cents just so I can buy every title, you all know, 52 of them, just I'll it. let you know what was good. Just rubbing our faces, you know how hey. much you can spend, Jimmy, in a well. month. Jimmy Palmiotti on got the that, uh, uh, that DC loan from Hepper Federal we talked about. Oh, God bless him too. I'm that. on the verge of selling out. Although, a notable one. Batgirl with the return of Barbara Gordon as Batgirl. That is one I'm going to get. That's going to be huge. You know, the internet oh, The internet yeah. was in an uproar. Cracked in half, didn't it? Over uh, from the waist down, it did. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Many people were hey, very you. upset um, about, you know, Batgirl, Oracle meant a lot to the community. Mm-hmm. Not just the female community, but also the the paraplegic Pelagic. community. Um uh, you know, Gail uh, did a. You know, she made a great point in this one-on-one interview with, uh, I believe it was the Nerdy Bird, uh, who is a paraplegic, and she had said that the Oracle had probably been a detriment to Batman's character over the years. You know, his detective skills were se- severely lacking because he had Oracle at his disposal, where she could, you know, uh, yeah. just answer, um, you know, questions for him on, on, a, on, off, you know, on a whim. You know, what's going on with this door lock? You know, can you open this for me? Boom, Oracle just opened it for him. You know what happened in 1920 in the Gotham City? Oracle's got the answer for him in like two seconds. I don't know. Maybe just take those, some of those powers away. I, I don't know. But whatever. Gail. Gail Sabone, I, tr- I trust in Gail. So. You love Gail. They actually handled that same problem because they encountered that about ten years ago. Hmm. They had them basically get into a fight over something, and she left Gotham. Wasn't talking to Bruce, and that was their workaround. It was kind of interesting to see Bruce come to the realization, like, I really did depend on her too much. I guess technically the result could have just been her leaving the city instead right. of giving the legs back. <laughs> could um, be that. Jonesy, your thoughts on Batgirl uh, regaining the use of her legs? I um, I think it. I think it's great. Not because I hate paraplegics or I think yeah, you handicapped you or sure? not represented. Mm-hmm. I just think uh, to go back to Barbara Gordon, you know, Barbara Gordon and Gordon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Both of them. Absolutely. Um, that character is so dynamic and so well remembered by the public. Now, Oracle uh, is, is not well known for people outside of comics, and that's the deal we were talking about on the drive up to Paper Keg East. Is you know we're talking about a vocal minority who are mad about everything, mm-hmm. and then the majority of us comic readers just kind of like follow along, like, oh my god, they're right. This is total. This is awful. But in reality, let's do the thing that's going to sell books and you know remind people why they love comics in the first place. Yeah, I mean, I don't care. I personally, I just don't care about what happens with Oracle or you know, I love Gail Simone. I, I don't give two hoots about what's going on in Birds of Prey. But Barbara Gordon uh, coming back as Batgirl, I'm interested. Why are you interested? Because it's it's a it's an iconic character. You know, it's the character that I knew growing up watching the '60s Batman TV show. 
I wasn't, you know. When you were growing up in the 60s, yeah. (laughs) When that was on, you know, some podunk channel like six times in the morning. Um, And new readers aren't going to, you know, well, I'll say this. New readers aren't going to, you know, pick up a Barbara Gordon oracle book, but they'll see Batgirl and they're going to know, oh, the commissioner's daughter is Batgirl. I might be interested in this, which is great. But then DC also takes two steps back by having a Batwoman title, you know, well, you're gonna have a well, Batgirl and a Batwoman. You know, it's, you're just gonna confuse people. Here's my big fear with Batgirl <clears throat> slash Barbara Gordon. Sales start to slump. They do the Killing Joke all over again. That's insane. Who's to say? Like, you know, maybe five years down the road, it's like, and not to equate it to the Ultimate Universe, but you know, like uh, the same storylines have kind of taken place in in a reimagined way in the Ultimate Universe as they did in Six One Six, but. Uh, hopefully, you know, they don't decide however many years down the road to do this again to Barbara Gordon. Like, that would just be yeah. all for naught. Then. And uh, I think Gail even alluded to, like, some of the questions that she was being asked. She couldn't answer, obviously. Yeah. And I think we all are judging this pretty harshly without even reading the first yeah. issue. How she even regained the use of her legs. Nobody knows. That's what everybody has to keep in mind with all this DC stuff. I yeah. mean, it's probably going to rock our worlds when it comes to I hope out, it rocks but... us. Hard. I hope it does, too. I hope to be proven wrong. Excuse me. I really hope to be proven wrong, but I really am afraid that the costume Barbara Gordon is less interesting of a character than she is as Oracle. That may be the case, but is Oracle going to sell as many issues as a Batgirl? Sadly, no. Mm-hmm. Oracle will sell to the fanboys. What it always comes down to, and, and you know, these people don't want to hear, but this is a business. If I can quote the great Vince McMahon, this is a business. Oh, man, look at you. You know? Uh, well, no, but... I mean, how long's? Well, Batwoman has been selling titles for a long well, that time. One, that though, one I title mean, has been like delayed. That J.H. Williams one to the point where now it's finally coming out, and amazingly, it's timed with the relaunch. What a coincidence! Yeah, um, and I, I, you know, that's a that's a hugely um, polarizing like, character. It's uh, she likes girls. I mean, is it is it Kate? Is it Kate Kane? It is Kate Kane. Yeah, you know, she's a lesbian, and that was like the big thing a couple of years ago when DC trumped that up. Um, she was in Detective Comics for a few months, which right? was a great run too. I yep. never, I never read that, but I think that was Rucka writing that. I believe so. And then yeah. I think he left in a huff. You know, he's not going to be working for DC in a while, for a while. The other two interesting points for DC solicits are one, no more Batman Beyond. I didn't see it. Hmm. Oh, I at least devastated. at least in September. Right, at least in September. No Zaytana, which was one of my personal favorite books. And a title coming out, which might be a sleeper, Resurrection Man by Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning. I follow those, that creative team. Very good and writers. What's, uh, what's really? Resurrection Man? What's that about? Resurrection Man originally was about a story of a guy who, every time he died, he'd be given a new superpower. He was basically immortal, and his mortal enemy was Vandal Savage. So if he couldn't think of his way out of a situation with the given power set that he had, if he killed himself, he would come back to a different power and a different ability. Mm -hmm. All the meanwhile, I believe one of his missions was trying to figure out a way to at least go and cure his problem so he can one day finally die. Mm -hmm. No. I'm I'm, I'm hovering about nine nine titles. Oh, nice. I don't uh, think so. Yeah. I think I'm about five right now, but I know I'm going to pick... I I, I have hopes that... um, some of these titles I just start picking up a month later when the price drops on digital. Right. You know what? 
we've given DC way too much time as is. Let's go on to the other side of the fence. What's going on with Marvel? Mark Millar is leaving Marvel Comics. Oh, away. Yeah. Finally. <laughs> to do what? More creator-owned stuff that he's, doesn't come out? He's going to stick with his Miller World properties. He says he makes more money through his, his own properties than, uh, well, than, that's true. than the big two work. Really? Is he going to... Is that is uh, is that is the print the title or what, what am I thinking? The uh, publisher title. Um, what his Miller World stuff? Miller World, yeah. Yeah, it's like uh, I, I think his Miller World stuff. Um, I, he's he's got his stuff with Quietly Planned, Dave Gibbons, um, and I think a Mystery Hitch project, and his Lian Li stuff. Man, I don't I don't know I don't think that's Marvel icon, but that's all stuff that he's gonna be making more percentage money from. He's so good on Marvel, though. I mean. Does yep. that mean that he's done with Kick-Ass? I don't think... Um, is Kick-Ass in Marvel Icon imprint? I don't know. For some reason, I thought it was kind of a vertical sure. line. Or... I don't know. Maybe maybe he'll still do that, you know, the sub-print sub, uh, of um, I think Marvel. Icon, yeah, I think Icon maybe bought it, but no. it didn't originally come out for Icon. I'll be honest. I, Generally, I probably would know if I read the article, but I just read the, the title about... Mark Miller leaving, and that's all I need to know because I don't want to read anything about what he's saying about any topic. Yeah. How do you know you the title been. wasn't just a clever ruse? It might have been. I might have just gotten underscored. Maybe that's the name of the comic by the news Um So that's that's Mark Miller. You know, that's the luck to Mister Millar. Good luck to him. You know, maybe Kickass uh, Two Number Three will come out in the next. What about Superior? Remember that book? I remember that oh, yeah. book. Yeah, whatever happened to that? It's not even that done yet. Three. I think uh, Liam Yi started doing that <laughs> Ultimates book and occupied his time even though he didn't really draw that completely good because ultimates versus ultimate avengers is so good mm. um spider-man mm. avenging the of the day. spider-man marvel is going to have a second monthly spider-man title written by zeb wells Ooh. drawn by jonesy's favorite joe magirera Oh, duh. <laughs> I call him Joe Mags. Joe Maggie. Joe Mags. You Joe call him Mag? There's no go, G in his name. Oh, yo, Maggie. <laughs> well, it's like, you know, it's like an iron, you know, they're, they're friends. So this this book is going to be Spider-Man team-up pretty much. It's like with him and the Avengers, you know, in huge epic battles every month. That is Great. a powerful creative team. Mm-hmm. Zeb Wells did Shed, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. He did the Grim Hunt. Bring on Zeb Wells on Spider-Man. Bring it on. Zeb Wells. I really like the Grim Hunt, too. Oh, Grim story. Hunt was great. The um, yeah, Zeb Wells just gets shed. Yeah, shed was amazing. He just gets him. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, and it's gonna be uh, not coming out until November. Wow, really? Yeah. So there was, there was a big out already. There was like a big press conference today about they it. They just showed the cover. Oh. There was a big press conference about it. I mean, what was the last thing that Mags was doing? Uh, Ultimates. Ultimate. Volume three, yeah. Or Ultimates two, volume something or other. Who killed the Scarlet Witch? Volume three. When uh, Captain America was in disguise as Black Panther. Yeah, that was a disgrace. That's oh, I can't wait for that title though. It's going to be so good. It's going to be uh, all Spider-Man, no Peter Parker. The art much. looks fantastic. Really? Yeah, they're going to focus more on the Spider-Man adventures while while uh, Slot comma. Yeah, they, Dan. What, did, what did they say? They said uh, we have Dan Slot rocking it with uh, the Peter Parker soap opera. Yeah, storylines. It was kind of like a. So it's going to mostly focus just on all Spider-Man and his teams up like adventures as Spider-Man. Yeah, none of his like girlfriend crap. Yeah. Oh, it's not Carly. I Carly. 
As you know, you got girlfriend. Dan Slott's book for that. Agreed. If you're I like her too. Mm. In fact, that lineup and Dan Slott killing it on Amazing. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say it: Spider Man's gonna be the highest selling franchise, or at least the best creative in Marvel. What are you gonna bet on that one? Best I guess everybody in this room best agrees creative with me. Mar- yeah, like in your heart. Is that- <laughs> best creative lineup. I'm telling you. I is there, there an award that we don't know about that gets handed out at the, the end of the year? That is talent. The Farringtons. The, Farrington. <laughs> the Farringtons. That's going to be awesome. Pretty sure December. we need to have that for the website. The the annual Farringtons. Already on it. I think the, you, you should rate them on like five Farringtons, and they'd just be, <laughs> they'd just be like a headshot of you with like a big grin on your face. Back when I had the afro. <laughs> I think uh, it's it. I'm I'm gonna definitely pick this up, but it's not gonna be bad because that's one issue a month. So um, the worst it gets is amazing. It'd be like amazing coming out three times a month again. So I'd be picking up three Spider-Man titles. We're running out of time. Uh, we just got a two two mm-hmm. quickies. One near and dear to Jonesy's heart. Let's talk about it. Uh, Daredevil. You know he's coming back in the uh, the Marvel proper. Who? Daredevil. Oh. A little-known blind superhero, like my right eye right now. <laughs> uh, he is going to be joining the new Avengers. Whoa. That's cool. Mixed feelings about really? that. Well, you remember in Breakout where uh, basically who offered him the job on the Avengers? Captain America. Captain America. Was it Cap who said? Yeah. There was a panel online where he said, you know, it goes without saying, but we want you on the team. Yeah. And, and DD's like, yeah, I'll think about it. And uh, sounds like a just, valley girl. Yeah, you know, maybe you, maybe Matt was channeling somebody. <laughs> maybe, maybe Speedy said it. S- <laughs> say it, Speedy. <laughs> but um, I just, I don't think. I mean, Daredevil was an adventure, West Coast adventure, many, many, many moons ago. Uh, are I you just, sure? Yeah, Google it right now. Oh, Grandfather, it, keep going. Wikipedia. You know, I'll update <laughs> we, the we article. We need a soundbite of that. We need a soundbite. <laughs> Grandfather comic books. <laughs> So I just think Daredevil's kind of character, it doesn't work, unless it was Marvel Knights, which is all street level, and you know how I go on about street there level heroes. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's Daredevil going to do against, I don't know, Ultron or <laughs> Galactus? Or, you know, He's going to throw his baton at his head. It's <laughs> going to get evaporated. Exactly. I, just, I, I love the fact that Bendis is going back to Daredevil. I mean, of course, I, I can go on all night about Bendis and the on Daredevil, but... Um, why I don't want I, can I give why me two cents? Yeah, please. I don't want Daredevil on a team book. I mean, for God's yeah, exactly. sake, exactly. Let these let these guys do their own thing in their own books. Mark Wade is the one who's rebooting Daredevil, you know, in a new in a new title, and now uh, Bendis wants to get his chubby fingers all over him again. I think uh, Bendis is just jealous because they got a really good. I mean. They got Mark Wade on Daredevil, but it's yeah. probably like, well, I want to write Daredevil too. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah. Brian, we'll do that for you. But it makes for some interesting dynamic. No. I mean, think about it. No, on the well, new I think, no, it doesn't. I think it does. <laughs> I think it does. <laughs> for the new Avengers lineup, you got people that Bendis had him interact with in his run: Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Jessica Jones, Spider Man. B Team Avengers is what they're called in my book. Yeah, well, you're not off on that. I don't need Jessica. What's her name? Jessica Jones. Yep. Luke Cage's honey. I don't need her anywhere near anything I want to read. She should be home taking care of that kid. She should be. You know? yeah. She's already. Com- she's always complaining to Luke about something he's doing. Yeah, go and home. And Spider-Woman drops by, and she just wants to be a part of it. Speaking of Spider-Woman, she, she was on those covers for the Avenging Spider-Man. Yeah, well, isn't that crazy? <laughs> Spider-Woman all over a book. She has no you, business. Everyone will buy a G-Damn Spider-Woman comic if Marvel has anything to say about I'm it. I'm telling I bet you, you, Avenging Spider-Man number one. 
Oh, no, it won't be, because they already said Red Hulk would be it. But oh, did they? The, the next story arc will be Spider-Man Spider-Woman. Let me, let me do a paper keg flashback real quick before we move on to the books. One of the first, maybe maybe it was episode four of the comics podcast, the iteration, before, the golden age, mm-hmm. the paper keg, uh-huh. if you will. Matt and I had this, or sorry, Slim and I had this running joke about uh, that the editors were got all hammered together. And uh, we're like, well, you know, you know what? I bet I can, I bet I can have Spider Woman sixty titles this year. Oh, you can't do it. Nobody will read that. And yeah. then that's how Spider Woman got back to the Marvel. U. I believe, yeah, I firmly believe that they were having one of their Marvel summits, and they, yeah. they they like bet each other that they couldn't make Spider Woman or Luke Cage or Iron Fist into an interesting character, and he took the bet. You know, like At Brie like, Baker and Bendis got yeah. hammered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the Marvel's version of Camp David, or wherever they take their summits. <laughs> Like wherever they go off to in the in the wilderness, uh, we don't have time for Camp the other, Charles we, Xavier. <laughs> we, we don't have time for the other news news, but we got to get into the books right now. Can I say yeah. something? Can yeah. I finish? Can I finish? Yes, all the time in the world. Daredevil was never a member of the West Coast Avengers. Kick it off. What? Slim. He was with the Scarlet Witch, and they were on the West Coast Avengers. He was not. Eat it. I am right. I don't can care you, what the Wikipedia says. Can you look up Daredevil's Wikipedia and search Avengers? Godfather page. I already cross-referenced with Daredevil <laughs> and the West Coast Avengers. Somebody tweet manwithoutfear.com right now. You know what? If I'm wrong, hit me up on Twitter. F. Farrington says. You're never going to read it. I mean, yeah. what's the point? That's why you're telling them to go there because you'll so, never. Yeah, you, you are a week behind. Point. You are the week behind on the Twitter. We can rest at that point. I'm right, you're wrong, moving on. I'm not even this the one might, who said that he was in West Coast Avengers. After the show. Let's and get I in. lost vision of my right eye, and I'm still doing this. And they think show. we're not friends on Twitter. Let's get into the books right now. Dale, this is Let's your house. This, we are in the bowels of New Jersey. Um, you know, this is a segment of the show where we talk about the books we're reading. New and old. Strawberry flies are biggest uh, trash can lids down here, so uh, just watch out, guys. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> what? What, are you, what are you reading right now? now first things first first book this week kurt music title this week's music conan number zero and number oh, one nice look out by kurt music by kurt music yeah he rebooted it i don't know a couple years ago now it's in the uh, dark horse app hot damn okay amazing book what great book podcast bad it's, boy it is like uh <laughs> everything that you want conan to be he's ba He's uh, he's sticking up for women and children <clears throat> in the first uh, the first ish. Mm-hmm. He's just wandering the woods. He comes across this village being attacked, and uh, this uh, poor woman about to get ard with her baby with the baby in her arms. Good lord! Conan just cuts his head off. Well, that's the Conan I know and love. And then he comes across a village, saves the whole village by himself. Uh, uh, the men come back from the hunt, and vital men. He and Conan's making jokes with these guys, and you know, getting all lovey dovey with them. They love him. Steals this woman from this other guy in the village. That's Conan for you. He's like it is, it is a manly, barbaric book. It's a, it's great. I, I recommend it do, highly. Do we know who does the uh, art on the title? It's not Derek Robertson, is it? No, it's um. I can tell you right now who yeah, it is. Open up that app if you could. Kurt Busick. He's on the Twitter. You know that? Oh yeah. I Twitter. know. He's another guy that searches his name on the Twitter. 
Me and uh, me and Busick, we go back a ways on the Twitter. That's a uh, Carrie Nord and Thomas Yates. Carrie Nord, that's a name from the past. Dave Stewart on colors. What's what are the prices on? Is that a, is that a, was the first issue free and then ninety nine cents? Yeah, dollar uh, ninety nine. Issue zero is free. Of course, issue zero is only like seventeen pages long. Is it oh, okay? Yeah, but uh, and what? there's not too much Conan in that one actually. It's just kind of like an introduction. But then it's cool because uh, they get into the the saying from you know between the between the years when the oceans drank Atlantis and the gleaming cities, like so, it like gives you these chills. You get this little tingly feeling from the from the movies and stuff. I love getting the tingles. Kurt Busiek, Conan, great book. There you have it. it now. I think Kurt I might download it on the way yeah. home. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. I'm kind of into it now. It's in the app. It's in the comics. App. It's in the Dark, no, Horse, Dark, Horse. Dark Horse comics. Unfortunately, app. Dark Horse decided to go their own way. And, yeah, they're, uh, their own. they're not in the comics them? app. I I do actually. Um, let's bring it down a notch. 2004, by the way. They did this. Oh, I thought it was new. No, no, it's old. Well, then. I'm sure you can expect a new tie-in title for the movie. The Amazing Fist. You know what that is, Mark Farrington? It can't possibly be what I think it is. Um, the Amazing Fist uh, is a comic book that I backed on the Kickstarter. Oh. For those that don't know, Kickstarter is our website You know, where if you, wanna, you have a business idea, you have a product that you want to get made, you put it out there. Uh, you you set up tiers like money tiers five ten twenty bucks. Um, people can back it. You know if, if you meet a certain goal by a certain date, then the, everyone's credit cards get charged. You get the monies for your project. So our nice. friends our friends nice. uh, from South Fellini are doing it for a movie called Alpha Girls. Be sure to back that. I clicked. Yeah. Uh, just Google yeah. Alpha Girls Kickstarter. You'll find it. AlphaGirlsMovie.com. I think. So so I read an article recently that had. Uh, Pose the question if Kickstarter was the the next big independent publisher, you know, because you could just put uh, Cody Chamberlain did it for his book Sweets back right. in the day. Oh, um, oh really? I mm-hmm. didn't know that. And I like Cody Chamberlain. Yeah. Um, so I so I was like, yeah, that's a good question. But yeah, and I was like, wait a minute, didn't I back a comic book? You know, last year. <laughs> so I looked, and uh, this amazing fist, uh, Neil Adams' son is actually going to do the covers for it. Josh Adams, I think his name is. Neil Adams, eh? Um, so th- I backed it. The The project ended in October. By the way, that's like Eddie Van Halen's son and Van Halen. It's not the same thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so so the project ended in uh, October. You know, their goal was for March to get the first issue out. And I, and that was the last time, as of last week, that they had updated their Kickstarter page was March. Wow. Jeez. The book wasn't out yet. And that amazingly, that day, they updated it with a new update. Uh, since then, saying that you know, oh, you know, life's been, you know, it's been crazy. Um, project isn't done yet. Rest assured, it'll be in your hands soon. So October, soon that project ended. And see, that's why, uh, and not to steal your thunder, that Brad and I, when we're doing inherited, we don't have a a definitive issue. Won't be out yet because mm-hmm. we both we both have full time jobs, both have yeah, families. Realistic. Yeah. I mean, until we do this for a living full time, I mean, it's not. So did they meet their goal though? They did. I mean, they so met, yeah, they met the goal. I backed it. You know, my oh, card was charged. What? I, I'm, uh, you know, I paid for it. Um, but you know, who knows when it's going to come out? And that's why I don't think, uh, you know, why uh, Kickstarter is going to be the next independent publisher because you're still relying on the creators to get the book done. Yeah, so not, you don't have dead. Yeah, you don't really have deadlines. Yeah. I mean, like, you just say March, and you know, you miss it. Then what happens? Yeah, that's kind of. I mean, I guess it ruins your street cred, but otherwise. I mean, if you back any project, uh, publisher, movie, art project, or anything, 
I mean, that's. I think there's a there's a there's a there's a rule in place where I think your money could be refunded after a certain time. But I oh okay, I'll still wait. It's not a big deal. But in terms of you know being the next big publisher, not happening. So you read the latest update. You didn't read the comic. I don't have a comic to read. Exactly. There it is. I'm wondering what the quality is going to be of these books because how often do we see when creators are rushed? Obviously, there's a dip in the product that we get. Mm -hmm. But when somebody's got all the time in the world, you can only assume that it's. Not going to be that bad, right? That's what you got to hope. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I mean, if I didn't have my job work where I am now, and I had twenty four seven to write, you know, I wouldn't pump out issues once a month. I'd have, I, you know, probably be able to write twenty four pages a week. You know, and some of these guys think about it who, who are doing this for for a really living are pumping out like probably twenty four pages a day. Yeah, I don't know. Is so, that possible? Twenty four pages a day. How many monthly titles does GF Johns write? You gotta know he writes. He's gotta write. I mean, probably Brian Bendis. He's probably yeah, gotta yeah. write fifty to seventy-five pages a month. McElhenley, come on, you see how much that guy writes? I don't. I actually have. I don't see. I don't see him write. I try to not watch him do anything. Uh, you don't know what you're missing. <laughs> we love him. It's, it's okay. He's not gonna listen. So no, he's, he'll find out in the in like a month when he catches up. <laughs> Mark, what are you reading right now? Go. Static Shock Special Number One. In honor of the late, great Dwayne McDuffie, for those who remember all the hype the media gave this because apparently the profit wasn't going to go to McDuffie's families, moving all of that drama aside, I had to check out the book. I'm a static fan. It's composed of two stories. First one's kind of ho-hum, written by Felicia Henderson and original static penciler Dennis Cohen. The story about static, and it is an issue where apparently his uncle was was framed and jailed for a crime he didn't do. Ten years later, thanks to DNA evidence, uh, he's released. It's about how the family gets used to having him back. A bang baby kidnaps him. Static goes into action and saves a what, him. What, what, who? Bang uh, baby? Bang baby. Bang baby is a... They had this big bang way back in the beginning of the series, and that kind of created all of the heroes and villains of Dakota and yeah, Static. That's cool. Oh. And I thought you were going to be like, they had this big bang at the beginning of time. And <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not that witty. <laughs> had to explain it to us. Yeah. I'm not that witty. Uh-huh. I should have, though. That's cool. Anyway, battle ensues. Static saves his uncle. His uncle uh, passes out and dies of a mysterious heart failure. Spoilers. Life spoiler. It was <laughs> it was kind of a ho-hum story. I liken this story to a cover of one of your favorite songs. Uh, you still like it. You can still recognize the song. But at the end of the day, you could tell the voice was different. And this, I think, would have been a little bit better if McDuffie was there. Mm. The real gem in this issue was the two-page tribute at the back of it to Dwayne McDuffie. Yeah? Yep. Did you see that uh, Static Shock is one of the 52 titles? Yes, it did. Your thoughts on the worst artist of the past decade, Scott McDaniel on art? <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. You're not going to get it anywhere other podcast than this. That's, that's exactly yeah. right. Paper gig. Listen, Keeping it real. He's just not for me. Okay, I'll just he's not that. that bad. I'm more mad that they're moving him out of Dakota into New York City. Uh, and I don't, I don't, I'm not familiar at all with the backstory of Static Shock. I don't know his powers. I assume it's something kind of electrical, maybe. Right, full range in the electromagnetic is, spectrum. Is mm-hmm. Dakota like a fake city, like Coast City, Star City? It is, but Dakota is one of those cities, and Static is one of those heroes where the city is as much ingrained with the character as he is. You don't move Superman out of Metropolis. I guess this is, this could be related to their kind of grounded in reality, you know, where the X Men didn't have a problem because they were always like in you know New York 
Westchester or whatever. Um, but I wonder if Coast City is even going to be a, like a thing, yeah. I guess. We'll learn in September. Metropolis? Gotham? Status quo changing? It just blew my mind. Question mark? But anybody who's interested in Static, check it out. Kick-ass tribute to Dwayne McDuffie at the end of it. It's Static and another one of his milestone characters in a comic shop just talking to Dwayne McDuffie. And they're using real-life examples telling him how much his death affected people. Wow. They wrote an obituary about him in Saskatchewan. Mm. It was good. That's cool. Tugged well, at the heartstrings. Just for that. I mean, support the book for just for that. Absolutely. Tugged at the heartstrings, seriously. Let's we'll check it out. Jonesy, uh, writer Great. at large. How am I going to follow that? All right. <laughs> I don't know. Anybody book. die in your book? Do you have a release date on Batman Year One? That's how I followed Jeff Johns when the uh, Marine yeah. got the standing ovation at New York Comic Con. <laughs> Earth One, not Year One. That's what threw me off. Oh, um, yeah. Um, Red Robin, 24. And I am. I want to squeeze this in because I know Red Robin might not be around in a couple months, uh, which really stinks because I think Red Robin, especially in this issue, is really coming into his own. Not that he wasn't in the previous issues, but uh, this issue kind of like, has a lot of callbacks from all the work that Red Robin has been doing from issue one, like him going to uh, him focusing his detective skills and his his globe trotting you know persona into going after these secret societies that you know always try to kill people and he wants to get to the bottom of it and kind of break them out in the open and really you know be like a like a striker into these organizations and really. Just turn it on its head to these old, um, what do I want to call it, these old um, institutions of evil. He really wants to, mm-hmm. you know, go after them. And this this issue um, brings to fruition a plot that he had where he sabotaged uh, this Russian businessman who had been backing a bunch of these societies. And so, that you know, this guy gets outsed out of Russia because of Red Robin's work. And, um, you know, it goes back into these female relationships he's been making as he goes along. And it kind of, it's not a long issue, but it touches, it's like a crowning piece mm-hmm. for his, his last 24 issues of, of where the character's going. And to me, it kind of sucks because it feels like almost an ending. Yeah, like, because uh, you kind of know. Because I think there. Fabian Nachienza yes. has been, uh, had, had maybe get the heads up that this was happening, so... It's a shorter issue mm. that feels like kind of just like a fizzle out because Red Robin is going to change so you know dramatically when the reboot comes, and it just it stinks because I really got into Red Robin after it's, Bruce Wayne died and he got his own uh, his own persona. Yeah, you know, Tim yeah. Drake could be the detective, could be his own identity, and I just think in this issue, it kind of like it's the death knell for the character. And, it's very sad. That's kind of a shame. I mean, even for any DC reader, for the next couple months, you know your uh, your your title's ending and possibly not rebooting, re- remixing. It's it's pretty bittersweet. I like Tim Drake though. That's that's cool. I mean, who's to say he would? I mean, he could have lasted a, a whole lot longer if they didn't do this. Just for the listener, Mark Farrington has this big S-eating grin on his face <laughs> because he hates the DC reboot so much. Remix, DC remix. He wants me. He likes to me, me uh, yeah. sad over here in the corner talking about Red Robin because you did this to the DC universe. I, me you specifically. It. Yeah. <laughs> All I'm saying is Tim Drake's Robin went for 183 issues. Red Robin's going strong at 24. It's going to be a big He's loss. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Big I loss agree. for the community. Yeah. The sidekick community. Moving on. Lightning round. 
Oh, we wow. got a jam-packed show. Yeah. Slim. I'm sorry. It's not fair. Yeah, it's really my fault so for many vision books. in one eye. So many books. Lightning round, Dale. What do you got for us? Fly number one. What? That's uh, what you call a xenoscope title. Air quotes, I saw. Air, the infamous. Xenoscope. Do they put out those Zen- books with like the naked, half-naked oh, yeah. women? Yeah. Absolutely. Now, is this a book with a half-naked woman? No. Oh. Well then, but no, but the cover has a half-naked woman really? on it. All right, uh, and there's like ten or twelve variant covers that they show <laughs> on the inside flaps. They all have big old tits on it. <laughs> um, oh, ish, episode the, of the year. <laughs> the fly is uh, not the fly. Fly turns out to be this issue where the beginning of the story, the wife, this ex-wife or wife is hunting down the husband and she basically like just says Eddie give me what I want that's how it starts really and he and she beats him up apparently she's super powered she's flying not really sure what Eddie's story is right now he's he's beat to crap mm. so I'm not sure if he has superpowers or not and then what they do is that they flash back to high school where Eddie is introduced he he like helps this geeky kid um from getting beaten up or something like that so the geeky kid brings him back to his house and uh introduces him to these super powered drugs that I like drugs uh, drugs yeah. super powered Slim drugs. Like, i don't like drugs <laughs> but um the dad does research or something and had had these drugs hidden away so the the, the nerd is like hey you want to see something cool he's like you want to get high or something <laughs> like that and then he shoots himself in the arm with this drug and then he starts flying and that's the end of the issue, but um, presumably, and there's like a two or three page, not a letters page, but almost like a blog post. What do you call that back in the day, a letters post? Letters page. Um, where the, the creator talks about how um, Oh, he loves Eddie, naked women. Yeah, the three of them, you know, Eddie, <laughs> Eddie introduces his girlfriend, I guess, to these drugs. And, that, and then you, the, the beginning of the issue makes sense. Like she's, so she's an addict on drugs and the issue is kind of mediocre but then it gets into the letters page where the creator of this book and his wife were like addicted to meth <laughs> and like this was his method of uh helping him therapy reco- yeah like he's recovering and this wow. is his therapy What's and the stuff. Right? so it's like i didn't i i wanted to not like the issue but i mean how can you not you felt like a jerk when yeah you read the yeah exactly page. it was only a mediocre story and they don't give you they don't even give you that much of a story because um I guess they're saving an offer issue too. It was like one of those comics in the middle, it like one sixth of a whole arc. Like there's nothing to the story. That reminds me of uh, who's that Asian guy that's like uh hot ass now. He was in he's in community he Ken Jong. Ken, oh yeah, Ken Jong. Yeah, I was ready to bash him at one of the recent award shows. Like, uh, he because he was in everything, and then his acceptance speech, he like thanked his wife. She had like leukemia or something, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, ah, nuts. yeah, yeah. That's exactly what happened. It was just, uh, I mean, the the story was okay, and it was cool how all the flashback panels had a different artist on it, so it was a different take on the characters, which was cool. But then you find out this guy is addicted to smack and his what and his wife got him into it or something and it was really like now I have to like the issue and so what you're saying is he's gonna smack be a, will give me superpowers well, and a yeah. comic book <laughs> if you write story yeah if you write stories about it um and he's gonna be at Wizard World so I'm gonna keep an eye out for him I'm not gonna talk to him um that was uh that was lightning round from Dale 
That was a, long, a little like, long. Whatever. <laughs> well, I can't. I mean, you can't just keep me to one and a half books, especially when we're talking about smack. Um, it's uncanny X Men. You know, as you know, I've been going through from number one. Yeah, you all the way the to the tip top. Uh, I finally hit the new X Men era of the Uncannies. Oh, you know, nice. Joe Casey. You know, crazy man, Joe Casey. You came a long way. Crazy man. Ah, I write what nobody else will write. He's making crazy. Faces. Joe Casey. Ah. <laughs> so he was writing the Uncanny version. You know, Archangel, Nightcrawler, Iceman, Chamber, and Stacy X. Um, I am not a fan of the Ian Churchill portion. You know, he started off, but Sean Phillips is on uh, the title now. There we go. I loved it from back in the day. Oh, man. Talk about it. Um, Talk probably about one of my all-time favorite runs of Uncanny was when Sean Phillips was on art because it was completely different than anything else Uncanny has ever had. Lightning round, moving on. I'm going to be greeting go-to. One, Emperor Aquaman, Tony Bedard, Adrian Sif, Flashpoint tie-in, tells the origin of Emperor Aquaman and how he sank Europe. Interesting. Check it out. And the Iron Age Alpha, an Iron Man story. This takes place in the not-so-distant future. One of Iron Man's old enemies kidnaps Tony Stark at some sort of gala, takes him to his secret underwater headquarters, reveals himself to have one of Doctor Doom's old-time platforms, and this guy is so annoyed and so frustrated at how Tony Stark barely even noticing him seemingly ruined his life that he decides that life's just not worth living so he's going to take out the world with him get some smack not only does he get some smack he gets some dark phoenix circa 1970s and she single-handedly manages to burn the world down why is she still doing comics get her out of here yeah well it's time travel anything goes can i I say can i say something real quick Uh, that adrian yarif he's the greg land of andy kubert pencils You heard it here first. I just blew it out of the water. Jeez, that guy—you could find an Andy Kubert panel from 1990 that that dude had, has traced and put into a comic book. That is the single most pretentious insult I have ever yeah. heard you utter. Why don't you just say you don't like their art? His art—you look at the faces that, that guy draws. You look at the faces that that guy draws. That is an Andy Kubert face. If I—I I would bet you my last bottom dollar oh my that God. he studies Andy Kubert's art on everything he does. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? I would, but I would definitely change it up a bit, you know? Andy Cobert over here, next. Not He won't be looking for him at Wizard World, in other words. <laughs> go. Uh, I'm going to go with the uh, best X book on the shelves right now, Uncanny X-Force number 11 by my man Rick Remeter. Is this getting a reboot in a few I'm just kidding. Why you got to do that, Dan? Why gotta do, what do you got to do to my heart? That's how Dan uh, gets down. The Dark Angel Saga, Chapter 1, uh, Dark Beast. Ooh. Uh, leads the team to the Age of Apocalypse universe. Dark Beast. To retrieve the, quote, only power capable of stopping the uh, the ascension of the new apocalypse. Of course, you know, apocalypse is, uh, you know, reborn and going to be evil again. So X-Force goes and do their dirty job to find a way to kill them. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to go spoiler heavy, but I will anyway, so wait do 10 it. seconds. Do it. Uh, Dark Beast basically tricks the team to come over. Uh, the alternate Nightcrawler. Uh, an alternate Sabretooth come up trying to, of course, stop Dark Beast's plans. Um, you find out that it's all a triple cross by Dark Beast just to get X-Force, the only team capable of stopping him, stuck in an alternate dimension. Dark Beast Classic. pieces out, leaves the uh, oh, X-Force man. there trapped. Uh, so yeah, Sabretooth and Nightcrawler, which are good in this universe, 
take them to this universe's Professor X, who is being cared for by Jean Grey. Well, she's still doing comics. Get her out of here. You mean uh, Magneto. What did right. I say? Professor, Professor X? X yeah. uh, you know what? It was the wheelchair in the last panel. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty off. Uh, so I, I every, every person in the wheelchair is Professor X. And the uh, pencils by Mark Brooks were excellent, but uh, Slim and I were talking inks by Andrew Curry are just phenomenal. Yeah, the inks really keep the tone of that book the same no matter who's drawing it. I, I mean, some some of the pages where they're in they're the colors, Age of Apocalypse. Did I say inks? Uh, I meant colors. Yes. Sorry. When, the, when they're, <laughs> in, where, they're in the streets of... Apocalypse New York, and it's just the dark tones and the the dark blue costumes of X Force. I, I mean, I literally lingered on pages just looking at the the inks. It was it was great. The so, book of was, the week: okay. <laughs> Green Lantern Secret Origin. In time for the movie, yeah. That's why we did this the marketing deal. Yep. We're getting paid big bucks to talk about it. If only, if only we were cashish. We got five kids to feed. Kil- we're kilting it right now. You're learning. Secret origin. Jeff Johns, and and Mark, your your boy, right? My boy, uh, Ivan Reyes. Reyes, maybe. I met him at New York Comic Con. Jive Five. Is it Reese? Did you ask him the fanatic? He didn't talk to me. He just signed my picture. Moved what on. What a deep. I have a Man. picture of that though. Thank you, by the way. Yeah. You um, email me that. So this is the the retelling of the Green Lantern origin, you know, for modern day. Um, very similar to what it looks like the movie is going to be. Noticed that while I was reading it. Anybody else? In some places, almost shot for shot. Hmm. You saw the movie? No, nah, just Spoilers. looking at the trailer. Spoilers. Looking at the trailer. Um. I uh this is this is really probably the first thing I've ever read by Jeff Johns. Didn't you read Flash Rebirth? Yes. Second thing I've ever read. <laughs> <laughs> that's how long that's big an, that's an how, impact. That's it how great re, I guess Rebirth was. Yeah. Um the one well, the overarching thing uh I wrote down each issue but I don't know the the book has kind of soured on me. I'm not sure what everyone else did. I felt um like it was really a great origin story. Um, I'm not. I have no idea what the differences were from his previous origin. You know, the Silver Age or what have you. Um, I I thought that I was just kind of in the middle on the book. I don't, I'm not. I wasn't. I didn't think Geoff's storytelling was was that strong. I thought he was really hammering home that Hal was kind of a prick to the point where I was getting annoyed reading a, a story about this character. Um, a lot of it was hammy. I thought. A lot of weird hammy scenes where it was just like a 1940s movie with like this hunk being a titled J-bag to this woman. You know, it's like no one really acts like that in real life. Um, you know, the other portion that I I thought was weird was that in this, you know, this origin story that was in theory going to be forever, they really set up the Blackest Night event pretty hardcore in it, right? They did in reading Green Lantern Rebirth. And all of Geoff's run on Green Lantern, you can tell he has one story in mind. If you read Rebirth, you'll see that there are scenes in here. The scene when Hal and Carol are little kids at the Air Force. And when Hal Jordan first encounters Sinestro, when Sinestro flies in front of him while he's flying a regular aircraft and decimates the plane. Those were scenes that he actually did in Green Lantern Rebirth and expanded upon them here. Okay. Mm. 
So he had one overarching story. I just thought it was weird that if this was going to be, you know, maybe read in like 30 years, that it was it was odd that there was like these seeds for Blackest Night that took over a ma- the majority, or not the majority, but a healthy portion of the run, which I thought was strange. Like, are, are, what if Blackest Night event isn't that great in 20 years? Is anyone going to care about this portion of the origin? You know, Dale, your thoughts on Secret Origin? Secret Origin. Um... I think if you're looking to get into the Green Lantern or in the DC universe, Secret of Origin is a for Green Lantern is a great place to start. Um, I originally read Rebirth, and that got me picking up the Green Lantern title monthly. Um, Secret Origin. This was the first time I read that. Uh, I've read Rebirth, obviously, much later than it came out. Secret Origin, I thought, was a great starting off point for a Green Lantern fan. It kind of it kind of sets up, you know, that. Hal Jordan is one of many lanterns, um, and what I originally liked about the Green Lanterns is, is the structure of the core. You know how each each member polices their own sector of space. I like the the overall idea of the Green Lanterns to begin with, like an inter, like a space wide police force kind of. I thought that was great. I I underst I understand what you're saying about the J bag stuff. I think uh, Jeff Geoff Johns was just trying to to get so much in um like you know 20 years of angst and and family feelings you know across in so many panels that you know he had to make it extra j-bag extra dramatic with the family stuff his you know how he never supported his family and uh, like that um i think it does its job with that i'm not sure how i felt i didn't know he went back in secret origin and set up the Blackest Night the way he did. Um, I, I'm trying to look at it as if all, if the the spectrum color of lanterns are going to be in the DC universe proper for years to come. It was a nice nice way of including them, but if if they don't stick around, like I, I you can tell he had plans for the spectrum of lanterns when he was doing this, obviously more so than Blackest Night. But um, I'm not sure how I felt about putting that in Green Lantern's origin story. Yeah. Jonesy. Uh, my uh, Green Lantern story is kind of uh, similar to Dale's. I picked up Rebirth uh, in the comics app after um, Comicsology tweeted about having it on sale. So I actually hadn't read any Green Lantern, but I knew just from general knowledge that Parallax had pretty much led to his death and he was... Uh, uh, Spectre. The Spirit, the Spectre, and um, and then his rebirth was him coming back as a Green Lantern. So I actually jumped on that title uh, because I like that title so much. I went back and read this title next, Secret Origin, because you know in the comics app it has you know if you read this, pick up this. Yeah. So I did. I went and picked up uh, Secret Origin. I originally read it, I guess, almost a year ago, and I I mean what really got me the most is I like the telling of the Green Lantern mythos, kind of like Dale was saying was like, it's really my first exposure to the rules of the Green Lantern and the honor code and uh, like I didn't realize that prior to Hal Jordan's inclusion, like Green Lanterns were not supposed to fraternize like you weren't supposed to talk to each other, you weren't supposed to help each other out, you were supposed to have your own little section of the universe and you worry about you so, you know, the fact that Sinestro was hiding this friendship with uh, 
Abinsur. Abinsur, and the and uh, the fact that nobody knows that Sinestro is really just like this Green Lantern Hitler is because nobody checks up on him. And that culmination mm. of the tale where, you know, Hal recognizes how great Sinestro is, and Sinestro really is a great Green Lantern in this yeah, book. Yeah, he really is. But then he, you know, his human nature to go to the Guardians and be like, look, people have to have free will. We're not supposed to police their souls, just their safety, and it's just... That starts the modern Lantern Corps as we know it today. I mean, that that pivotal change in the Green Lantern Corps to me was more interesting than, you know, a, a test pilot's love life and backstory. I thought that, you know, yeah. his time in the suit uh, to me was more important as a reader. I, I wonder how much of that was a retcon too, the uh, not fraternizing with each other and stuff like that um, because the Sinestro stuff – they, he they he also really laid it on thick for Sinestro, you know, in the Sinestro Corps War and the Yellow Lantern stuff, and you know they don't they kind of prelude to it there, but he really they really laid it on thick like Sinestro, you know, he's a good guy, but he's powerful and you know he could turn into a Yellow Lantern. Yeah, Mark, what did you uh you've read this before, right? So where do you where do you hold this uh, in terms of the the John's Green Lantern stories or Green Lantern stories in general? I liked it as a Green Lantern story. Uh, I think Dale and Jonesy nailed all the points I like about it. I also like the fact that I can hand this over to some of my friends and say, hey, you thought Green Lantern was cool? Well, read this. You want to know who Hal Jordan is start to finish, you'll get an idea. Or if you don't even know about Green Lantern. Exactly. If you want to just learn about this title and this character, you can read this and have a good understanding of the mythos, who Hal Jordan is, how, everything you need to know. So I really enjoy good point of entry stories. Mm-hmm. I liked it just because it was very good de- developmentally. You see them as a little kid. You see the douchebag, like you mentioned, who at times you don't even want to root for. He's a guy who I don't want to say is out for just himself, but he's out for just himself. And thanks mm-hmm. to the well-written monologue, you understand why he is the way he is. Uh, having said that, I also kind of got annoyed that they were setting up for all of the other future stories. But I don't think I got as annoyed as you guys did, only because you can take this, just read it by itself, not even know about Blackest Night or anything to follow, and you'll still enjoy it. That's true. Yeah. It's not – it doesn't end with any to-be-continues. It's got enough Easter eggs for somebody like myself who read the or- original origin back in the 80s and 60s mm-hmm. and who follows Green Lantern now. And at the same time, it's got enough to the point where if you're not catching the Easter egg – you're not feeling like, okay, what did I just miss? Right. And he, and he did a great job of keeping that sec, you know, separate and secular from any future stories. It's just, I, I don't know. I, like right after Secret Origins came out in the back of the last issue is like, oh, next month, uh, Red Lantern number one, like the Atrocitus one-shot. So it's like, did he do all this? I mean, he obviously did all of it just for his future event, but it was like he could have had yeah, a little well, buffer there. What's the... Do you know offhand the difference between the original Green Lantern origin story um, and the Jeff Johns one? Like, what were the major retcons? Was Atrocitus in the original one? Was he an added character? I would assume he would be an added character. The original one back in, I believe the story was called Emerald Dawn by Keith Giffen. And somebody, if I'm wrong, somebody hit me up on Twitter because now I'm just curious. Mm-hmm. The biggest things that were different about it was, one, the story opens with how a drunk behind the wheel gets into an accident and injures the people in his car. I like him already. Was that in the 80s? That was in That's the 80s. That's so DC in the 80s. It really was. <laughs> it really was. He, More realistic than what happened uh, in this one. 
he didn't have a good relationship with his father. His father loved his brothers and looked at Hal as the dreamer. So off the get-go, Hal is a guy who's trying to win the approval of his father, but at the same time, it's he's dealing with that whole rejection of, if I'm not good enough for you, fine. I'm be my own man. I don't need you. I almost like this origin story better. I think more, you borrow it. I man, think you like it's, it. It's almost more Marvel-esque in that uh, it's almost more relatable than Hal Jordan with a a loving uh, father. Like I guess that's a good story too. But with Peter Parker, you know, he had to deal with, you know, being a you know a nerd in school, so he had problems that people could relate to. I would, I would almost like, not that I had a terrible relationship with my father, but I would more attach to that kind of Hal Jordan. It's a lot easier to read. It it feels a bit more grounded. Mm-hmm. What else? The battles are different. He gets the ring the same way. He's sitting in a test machine, and Abinser's ring gets him. A, his expressions with the ring are a bit different. He's frustrated. He doesn't get it. He's sitting there yelling at things. I thought his reaction to getting the ring in the original origin was a bit more human and would be how we would react if we got this talking trinket on our finger. Yeah. Now, the the one in New Frontier was kind of a cleaner version, too. Not that that was supposed to be canon or anything. You know, at, would that happen in, in New Frontier where he first learned about the ring, right? It did happen, yeah. but it kind of happened partially off-panel, too. Okay. I mean, they did the major moments in New Frontier, if I'm not mistaken. They but did, they yeah. didn't go into the detail like these origins did. Now, I know there probably wasn't any mention of Yellow back in the original uh, origin. Now, was Sinestro a part of it? Was What was his... Because I know he uh, be- becomes a villain to the, Green Lantern. There was a mention of Yellow in the first one. It involved this alien who was basically in a big yellow battle suit who actually killed Abin. Abin came crashing to Earth. He's got a vendetta against lanterns. Ah. And long story short, he becomes this planet-wide threat against Oa. Now, you see how Jordan train. He trains with Kilowog. This guy, I can't remember his name, he makes it over to Oa, and all of the Green Lanterns and the Guardians are struggling to stop it. How Jordan pulls off a couple of amazing moves and impresses everybody. Single-handedly defeats him, and that's how he gets recognition in the core. Hmm. And at the same time, he starts to develop that antagonistic approach with the Guardians. Hmm. Now, Sinestro is in it. They did a sequel to this called Emerald Dawn 2, where he goes through advanced training with Sinestro. And part of that training involves him going to Sinestro's sector to see how he does things and come to find out that he's that version. He's that sector's version of Hitler on his home world. Really? Uh, Sinestro uh, pretty much ruled his planet with an iron fist. He was a tyrant. How Jordan sees this and thinks this can't be right. And chain of events happens. Sinestro loses his ring. And he goes from being the quote-unquote greatest Green Lantern of all time to people spit at his own name. Hmm. And that develops their antagonistic arch-enemy relationship. Mm -hmm. Does that happen similarly in the new version, in the updated version? They never really explain, or they never really showed it on panel. If you remember in Secret Origin, at the end of him going to town on the Guardian, Sinestro says, hey, you're welcome. I was happy to stick up for you. We'll check in in a month. Next time we'll do it in my sector. Yeah. That's yeah. what it was alluding to. I remember to. the, I think he returned to his homeworld and then like crucified the uh, Atrocitus, right? Right. Um, so they never show the, what he's doing to his, his homeworld later in the. Not in Jeff's run. That's weird. But that, that sounds like a great uh, reasoning as to why. Well, how do they show? They just say that he ruled with an iron fist and that's why he was kicked out. 
in they, the new version? They hint at it. They talk about it. They flash back to it at times, but they never give the full on. This is what happened. That's lame. And Atrocitus, he's actually an Alan Moore creation. Hmm. Alan Moore did a story, a couple stories about the Green Lantern Corps, and one of them was about Abin Sur's last mission, that's and that actually gave some depth. Oh, you might have to lend me those. It's not yeah, bad. That's, that's cool. I'm actually more intrigued with the previous origin story than I am uh, the one that I read. I've got that on trade paperback if you're ever in the mood for it. I might have to. You know? I think uh, also with that, I'd, I'd recommend the uh, the previous Green Lantern animated flick, First Flight. Yeah, I really like that too. And, uh, you know, it trumps, like, whatever whatever Nathan Fillion's doing, they should have pro- they should have marketed this just as much. I don't, but that shows, don't mention that name. That, Slim, Slim might walk out. That shows uh, Sinestro's turning to the Yellow Lanterns and stuff like that. That's all in the... Uh, oh, in that's that in uh, First Flight? Yeah. Yeah, First Flight, I thought, for someone who didn't know who Grand Lantern was, that is a great animated feature to jump on. Yeah. I feel and, like those should, should be the, uh, the origin stories, because they're so good. They really are good. It's good, and it's good marketing material. That Secret Origin sets up if uh, they do a whole book on the Green Lantern Corps and how Jordan's barely in it. Like, just seeing a, a how Jordan train on Oa, that was uh, that's marketing enough. If you want to read more about the Corps, they got this whole other book over there that does uh, strictly, you know, the out the fringe adventures. characters, Kilowog and stuff like that, which is cool, I think. Well, one of the reasons why I love this is book is because. We talked about it on many shows that there's only a handful of books that you can hand to a new reader and actually think know that they'll like it. Yeah. Something that they'll go into not knowing anything. And in my mind, this fits the bill. If somebody asks me for a good point of entry book, read Green Lantern Secret Origin. Yep. It's up to date. It's a modern. It's great. I think you couldn't have said it better. We got your letters. I'm going to open them up. Farrington's gonna read them to you. <laughs> Gives me chills every time I hear it. We Beautiful. like to close out the show. Whoa, that ended abruptly. That was a, yeah, really. um, Can you let the piano take we, me out, Slim? We like to end the show with you know the letters that our great listeners send in. Uh, you know, a lot of people just don't agree with Mark Farrington. Yeah, you know, the majority of our listeners, and they want to—they want to just—they want to voice their displeasure. Sometimes they ask, "Who is Mark Farrington?" Is not he according real? to the reviews. Not according That's to the reviews. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for your reviews. You know, if you're bored, if you're going number two, yeah. you know, by all means, get your iPhone or iPad out and leave us a review. Please do. Well, I keep so. my iPad and and the uh, the poopery. The boot. <laughs> <laughs> I love poopery. Mark, uh, where can people uh, email us to send their letters in? Do you remember? You know what? I blow the URL every Let, time. Letters at paperkeg.com. If you URL, navigate, knew that. Mark, if you navigate to paperkeg.com, that's our site. I am on the website. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do we have uh, this week, Mark? This one's coming to you from Chris Miranda 24. Love that guy. There he is. This is, is this his first letter on the new show? This is. As a matter be, of fact. Yeah. All right. He writes. Outside of event books, are there any books that you guys collect solely to be up-to-date in the big two universes? I ask because I find myself strangely drawn to DC's New Justice League and the eventual reincarnation of Uncanny X-Men. That's what I like to hear, Chris Miranda. Books. I collect Spider-Man. I've collected it for about probably uh, three or four years now, per, like on. I haven't missed an issue. Green Lantern for about two years. I'd say I always make sure to get... Um, 
Detective Comics. I always get Amazing Spider-Man, Link Dale. I always get Wolverine. And I've just been recently getting into Uncanny X-Force. Those are my four big two books that I go and get. Everybody. Now, was the question, do I, do I buy them just to keep on, no matter what the content is? Like, even if yeah, I'm not reading it now? I think that's what's behind. I, I'm still collecting Amazing, even though I don't read it. Right there I with you. I stopped collecting Uncanny when the Matt Fraction Brubaker started. You know, when they moved to San Francisco? Uh-huh. Beat it. I'm out of here. <laughs> Ouch. I don't want any part of that. Uh, but I'm he- I'm hearing that this... Sorry, California. I started... <laughs> You know, Kieran Nation X. Gillen, 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 Kieran G. Uh, he has started his run with the Dodsons. You know, he, Fraction is off. Guess what? I'm in. There you go. Um, wow. The Break World run is good, so I might be back in Uncanny, and it's going to be quote canceled. Yeah, I think when uh, when it gets uncanceled in about four weeks, I might jump back on. <laughs> it's not even canceled yet. It's uh, still a couple months out. Wait for it. We'll see Uncanny in 2012. Right, Mark. What what do you get? Outside of the books, I regularly read just because I enjoy them. The Green Lantern, The Avengers, Amazing Spider-Man. I actually prefer to keep up event books. The big summer blockbusters, I kind of like them. Sometimes they're game changers. Flashpoint, Fear Itself, Civil War, Mm. I'll read Schism. Side note, did you know that Fear Itself is outselling Flashpoint? I did know that. No, I didn't know that. Intriguing. Even after the USA Today thing dropped? Yeah. Fear Itself 3 dropped more sales than Flashpoint Man, number two. Jeff yeah. Johns is crying in his I think rebooted DC, pillow. I think DC's okay with that, though. I mean, They're going to make pretty big bank, I think, come September. Next up, from Jason R., which comic do you think will be the next one to be announced as a movie, one that has no previous talk or is part of an ongoing series, and will be ultimately be a successful franchise? That's a deep question. That is a fantastic question. Jonesy. J-Man says on why, why me first? Why not? Uh, You're what, the writer. What can that's a good do question. I have to do big two? No. Not Can according go? to the letter. Um, just whatever. Pass. Come back to me. i got to think about this. <laughs> oh, my God. Some writer. Yeah, well, thanks. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. Dale. <laughs> you just passed. <laughs> you hypocrite. Yeah, I, I can delegate. I, I don't... Honestly, I don't know what's... Maybe from DC, like Marvel's all tapped, I think, with things that are announced or otherwise. So you can't even, I guess, you know, guess a Marvel You know what would be a great property? The Intrepids. Yeah. Even, you know though, even though Just Dave poo-pooed it. I would love to see... I mean, Irredeemable would never happen. But uh, maybe Invincible? I would, I would go I, see Invincible. I could see Invincible being a successful franchise. MTV still got the motion comic for it, don't they? I, on iTunes? I don't no think so. Oh, really? I, I would guess that it's not a superhero book. Mm. That's what I can I can guess from here. Mm. People are going to realize that after they see this movie that's not even been imagined yet, that comics are more than just superhero books. I'm going to say... I'm going to say it's something like, you know, Walking Dead, how it's not a superhero book. I know not Walking Dead is an example, but maybe something not necessarily Morning Glories, but something... So far away from superheroes that I don't think they could tell Morning Glories in a two-hour movie. Yeah, yeah, that's why yeah. I just wanted to say like an example of something that's not a super. Like, uh, what is it? Chew. Chew is going to be a Showtime. show. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Tap those kind of properties, but a big movie property. I don't know, but I think it would have to be like a superhero book to be really big, like a blockbuster. I don't know. I'd go the opposite way. I think the next big movie. I don't know if we'll see it. Is Fables. 
I know ABC has the rights to it, but I think if they can actually get Fables off the ground, it'll be a huge hit. Suicide Girls. I could see that. Showtime? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 2 a.m. I'd go to the old Red Barn Theater and uh, see that. What else uh, we got, Mark? That's true. Coming to us from Sideways. I just got into reading comics, and I've been at the comic book stores around here like every day, buying up everything I see, and I can't stop. Problem is, I'm running out of money, so now I feel like a fiend because I'm reading previews on Marvel.com. Only unless you read the only couple pages, though, and let's be honest, that website sucks. Uh, do you guys know of He's any right. free sites that I can read some comics to tie me over until payday? Com- who is this? This is from Sideways. Uh, Sideways. Comixology has uh, many free comic books to uh, yeah. get your hands on. Uh, they might even be up almost to a 1,000 by this point. Yeah, they have a ton of free comic books. A lot of comic books, the first issue's free, mm-hmm. and they never came out with a second one. Like, uh, so I'm, I'm Box 13? Box 13 is all free, I think. Box 13 is all free issues by uh, David Gallagher and uh, uh, Hyper Steve on the Twitter. Steve Ellis. I'm using their Twitter names, bro. I'm sorry. (laughs) Bro. You know what? Yeah, that that is a great series. It's not a full 24-issue comic every month, but it is a great free comic book that if you're hurting for some monies, Mm -hmm. it's a great read. You know what? I can uh, recommend Sideways not to... uh, just put a spotlight on something I haven't updated in three weeks, but now that <laughs> school's over, Pixel Keg is a great way to. Uh, I can't wait look into web comics. I can't wait for Pixel Keg to make its triumphant return. I had one check out this Friday. That's all I'm saying. That's all I can say. Don't make promises you can't keep. Free. Bro. I will be there on look Friday. Web comics is talking. Right You're not going to be anywhere. On no, Charrington says doesn't make promises. <laughs> for the record, he doesn't make promises he can't keep. <laughs> I promise. Make promises. I promise I'll have an article on the website by Friday night. Whoa. Or I will Whoa. give away my Wizard World ticket. Don't post Saturday. it. Look well, out. no, you need to be there. Don't give that away. Yeah, really. Next well, uh, email. He's got, a, he's got a beer fest on Saturday, really. <laughs> Canceled. Next uh, email to letters at paperkeg.com. We got one more here. Let me see. Yep. I hear you two contributors, John Stump and Cameron Rice, have silky smooth comic book podcasting voices. They do. Why have those two fine gentlemen not been on a paper cake episode? I think they're adoring fans, number one being myself. Would love to hear from them on an upcoming episode. I hear that John Stump fell in love scalped. Hell, I hear he almost has the entire series and issue signed by Jason Aaron. How come he wasn't on talking about it? I saw photo evidence of him on Twitter being... This is all the letter, by the way. I saw photo evidence of him on Twitter being that guy at conventions just to get all of those thoughts, or excuse me, all of those autographs. And Cameron loves to talk about crazy and cheesy comics. He's he's that guy? I don't know if I could talk to him or not. <laughs> I bet he would have jumped all over... Excuse me one second. Does he bring a duffel bag with issues with him? Yeah. It's like a rolly cart full of action, boxes. Action speak louder. We got to see it. Letter goes on to say, I bet he would have jumped all over the book with gang members, executives, and thunder something or another. Also, with all of the awkward moments and sexual innuendos you make, I bet that guy would be right at home. Also, at some point, there needs to be a show where Farrington and I square off for Supreme DC Historian. Quote, I bet he would totally kick my ass. From John Stump and Cameron oh. Rice's number one fan, John Stump. Oh, my God. John Stump. Uh, people might know Slim, him. before you get in. Yep. I'll just for the record, as much as I break at Farrington says at Farrington's balls, uh, he is quite possibly the most knowledgeable person about comics that I have ever met. And I and I will get his back on any challenge. Love yeah. you too, bruh. Found it. Uh JM Stump writes the fantastic Man Crush articles on the doc on Man Crush of the Week. Uh among other he had a spectacular post on uh, digital 
piracy. He writes a lot of good stuff. Yeah. He does. Yes, he does. Um, so he he asks, you know, when are he and Cameron coming onto the show? He writes uh, he writes letters uh, fawning himself. So <laughs> he writes everything. Um, uh, point number one: This show is recorded entirely on an iPad. Um, the the logistics of setting up another iPad for Skype calls could be daunting. Um, point number two. I am a sort of a podcast Hitler when it comes to Skype. Solomon? Uh, <laughs> I am. Uh, this, you know, John and uh, Cameron, you know, they do uh, uh, several other podcasts with Skype, and, you know, they're pretty good. I personally, this isn't against anyone else, I personally have no desire to do a Skype roundtable. Once you do a podcast with everyone in the same room, around yeah. each other it's it's tough to go back. it is impossible to do a skype podcast from that point uh you know i would love to have cameron and uh, jm come down to philadelphia you know come on out here come on down you know we'll do a podcast all six of us they're out there with the x-men right now they right? are um so if i move to detroit that's the end of that fairing that's it for you paper i will oh, not good skype to know. You. Well, did you just good announce to know. the world that you're moving to detroit i just said if there was talk at work <laughs> i put it off so there was so so in sh in short, it's it's very difficult to do a good Skype podcast. And you know, when this show is recorded, I don't edit anything. If you haven't noticed already, this show is <laughs> amazing. This show is straight to tape. It gets uploaded about five minutes after it's recorded, and I have no desire to edit any podcast of any kind. And I would probably have to edit uh, with some Skype. So you know, John Cameron, you know. My doors are open, and but when I say my doors, I mean Jonesy's doors. You can stay at his place, <laughs> and we can record at his apartment. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> It'd be awesome if we made it out west, though, too, wouldn't it? Oh, absolutely. It takes us around San Francisco. They want to ship. I had awesome. a dream. We went to San Diego Comic Con. I had a dream. We're running. We're running Isn't that late. A famous quote. We are running late, Farrington. Yeah. Do you have any other letters? I do have a letter. Yeah. This is coming from Paps Oban. Oban. Oh, really? Obama? Obi Wan Paps Oban. Pepsi. It's a little long, Pep, so it's forgive like, me for paraphrasing it's on It's a this, whiskey. But I Googled it. Hmm. Let's see. Greetings, Paper Keg. First off, the music bite about you, Ben Farrington. What? <laughs> had, me spinning, <laughs> had me spinning milk through my nose. You've got to find a way to get it that in show every once in a while, especially if he really hates it. My comment concerns episode 9.1. I don't remember who said it, but the comment was made concerning one of you begging your dad to buy you a Spider-Man comic for 99 cents. Me. At that was me. Store. Yeah. I thought that was you. And from that moment on, you became a lifelong comic fan. I enjoy comic collecting as much as I love collecting comics and having a sense of excitement hunting down missing issues to complete runs. I fear digital comics, once they catch on, is going to be the end of comic stores and a vital culture of the comic collector community, especially if they don't find a way for the local com comic stores to survive in thriving digital comic universe. Could you imagine a comic book convention with little to no comics? Guys, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, I'll start off. I think I talked about this a while ago. I think um, the good com uh, local comic book stores, the ones that are really have been around for I don't know ten, fifteen, twenty years, like the one I frequent, they have a lot more going on than just comics on the shelves. Like they have a lot of people are into. Uh, I, I know Dungeons and Dragons has made like a huge resurgence. They have tournaments. They have Magic the Gathering. They have comic roundtables for people to come in and, and give reviews to one another. You know, they sell you know swag. They have 
a million reasons to come in besides what's on the rack. So I don't really think, and uh, uh, Mark said this first, I don't think we'll see the end of the comic book shop anytime soon. Maybe in our lifetime, will it be a, a totally different venue? Can we call it a comic shop in 20 years? I don't know. But I, I don't think we're ever going to see that, at least right now, go away. Yeah, I, I agree on that point. It's kind of it kind of makes me sad in a way. It's going to turn more into like a hobby shop or, or something like that. It's going to be called. Um, I like this uh, gentleman, Paps Oban. I am a completionist. If I have certain runs, um, I have a little notebook with my issue numbers, and I'm out. I'm at the uh, comic book conventions um, looking for the issues that I'm missing. I think uh, at Matt Lauer is one of the ones who has seen me. Get down and dirty in the boxes. You get on your hands and knees under the table, start picking out. With my big old backpack strapped to me like, like a, a turtle. Scrooge McDuck, he dies into a huge pile of comics and gets the one issue he needs. Dude, he and does that because it's Thursday. It's true. It, there is, and there are, I do that, and I love to do that. Um, i got to start gearing up, actually. I'll probably be up Friday night late trying to figure out what I bought in the past year and what I need to complete because of it. Um but it, much like that, yes, I am afraid to see that go away. Um, embrace, but, embrace the change. But I, yeah. it, but that's, but that's just it. I embrace the change. Vote if I die. can, uh, if I can read a good story, maybe I don't need to buy as many comics, especially if it's cheaper. You know what I mean? It's just my, that's just my thing. Maybe I don't need the entire run of Mystique. Maybe I could just read it for cheaper. Internet. Now I got to complete the run. Celebrity. Of Mystique. You guys probably said it already. I won't. I don't have anything to say. I, uh, you guys, Jonesy covered the finer points of that topic. Agreed. And there's something intangible about going into a store and talking comics or talking stories or who'd win this fight with your fellow comic book nerds. Yeah, I do a podcast with uh, buddies, so I don't need the store. You know, day and date, digital DC. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's one. The... That's one half of the big two publishers that I need to go day and date, same day. Yeah. Did you say you do a comic podcast so you don't need to? That's right. That's about the closest thing to a hug I'm ever going to get from you, isn't it? <laughs> that was, that was that pretty sweet. That might be the only compliment, that's yeah, for sure. Know, right? <laughs> that's it. That was accidental, what? believe me. Did he record that? <laughs> you want more talk of that? The, that the will be the one podcast. thing he edits out. That is. Yeah, right. The comics podcast on the iTunes, there's a there's a bunch of digital talk. Absolutely. Bunch. This is it. Is that, a, is that it for the letters, Farrington? That's all we got for the letters this week. Uh, what a show. Good show. What? I lost vision in my right eye. We kept going. That true professional. You're, you're a true podcasting professional. I'm a, I'm a pod trooper. Like the Chilean miners, we're going to go hug our wives and girlfriends. <laughs> uh, Dale, thanks for having us. No problem, guys. Uh, what is? Do we have a book club for 12? Was it? I think was it criminal uh, or Essex County? Essex. Don't even TSB with criminal. Right it was now. it was Essex County. Essex but. County book one, the farm, I believe. The farm criminal. That's a. It was Essex County. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think was, we all agree it wasn't criminal. <laughs> we'll we'll also be discussing Wizard World Philadelphia. Look for us. Uh, I'll be there. I'll have a s-eating grin on my face, and I'll sound quite nasally as I usually do. Um, I'll make you promise I will not wear a comic shirt. I, having finished an article, I'll be there too. <laughs> right. Come, come drink beers with us. Yeah, we'll see everyone Saturday. Tweet up. Peace out. Last word. Damn it. No. 